What's up, everybody? This is Edgar Martin from the Q&E Podcast, just bringing you this message that today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. It could be sports, entertainment, or anything else that you feel people might want to listen to. Once again, that's podgo.co, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O, Podgo. You are now listening to the Q&E Podcast. Is this what you want? Huh? Is this what you want? I'm trying to get it again. What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Q&E Podcast, and you're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. And I got Edgar on the other line. Edgar, tell the people what's good. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Q&E Podcast. If you haven't noticed, we are going back to our pre-recorded podcast episode. So for a little while now, we probably won't have a live live stream episode. We'll probably have a few live stream features here and there, but we are back on our pre-recorded flow. It's all a part of the rebranding that we got going on. We got a lot in store for y'all over the next uh, couple weeks with the way we're going to be redoing our social medias. We got the website coming out for y'all soon, and then hopefully before the end of the year, we'll get some merch out for y'all. Yes, sir, man. It's a whole lot of shit been going on in the news, man. We had that Bishop Sycamore shit. We got Cam getting released uh, in an unexpected move with the Patriots. We got Trick Daddy getting his ass ate. It's a whole lot of shit going on <laughs> in the news, so we diving into all of that shit for y'all, man. But first, I honestly want to talk about Bishop Sycamore before we talk about anything, because these niggas are the scammers <laughs> of the year. So if you haven't seen the story about Bishop Sycamore, it is basically that they were like some Juco dropout. Some of them, the players were 20 to 30 years old, and they came back to play for Bishop Sycamore, which is a quote-unquote high school in Ohio. And this coach is an ex-con. He ended up bringing everybody back just so they can play in this one game on ESPN <laughs> this season. Funny as hell because I watched the game on Sunday <laughs> and didn't notice what the hell was going on. But you know what was so crazy? Like during the game, the announcers kept questioning shit. It was like, like the players weren't on. Some players weren't on the roster. Um, like some of the players' offers wasn't on the school's uh, <laughs> website. It was so many questions that the announcers had mid-game. But I'm still just like, these are just uh, trash niggas from Ohio. That's all I'm thinking. But when I get the full story, I feel like like these 20 to 30 year olds playing against IMG. I'm just like, I missed all of this shit, bro. So, what was your reaction to the story when you found out about it yesterday, bro? Bro, I died laughing. As soon as I seen X-Con, I'm like, oh, these niggas played the meme machine. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely the longest yard. They playing the meme machine, bro. And I think it's funny because in high school, when you play certain teams, and this is for any sport, basketball, football, baseball, but especially football, there have been moments where when I played, where you look at the other team and think, these are high schoolers? Like, there's no way these people could be in high school. And they really do be in high school. But mm -hmm. this is a situation where IMG, these players are probably out on the field like, these can't be high schoolers. And they actually <laughs> weren't. So I, it's the fact that they were able to trick ESPN and IMG into getting this game and to getting this game broadcasted. If this were to happen under like under wraps and you know it wasn't really broadcasted like that, I'd have been like, wow, that's crazy. And it probably wouldn't have grabbed wouldn't have grabbed so much interest. But the fact that they tricked 
the number one sports brand, you trick ESPN into getting you on air. I don't know who signed off on that, but somebody definitely getting demoted at ESPN. And, and that's the thing. They said it really wasn't ESPN who signed off of it. It was the marketing team that is conjoined with ESPN, which they have been using for 20, 30 years now, who has always been a part of marketing the games, getting it set up. So the IMGs, the... Uh, all the Oak Hills when it comes to basketball and football, those games have always been going through the marketing team. So they are the people that were supposed to do the research on Bishop Sycamore, and they did none of it. Like, they set up the game during the summer. Then a week before, they asked them for the rosters. And they, they had trouble getting the rosters. They couldn't even get the rosters from the, from the coach. So it was like, you already know some shit going on. Then they finally get the rosters. The roster didn't look right. It was just a whole lot of bullshit going on. It's just like. What, what are y'all doing over see, here, bro? Did you see the one meme where somebody had got injured and it was like, were you 29 and just finished your ship at AutoZone? <laughs> <laughs> bro, because somebody ended up getting injured and I think they tore their ACL during the game. It was like, bro, tearing your ACL in high school at 36 is insane, bro. They said that is insane, bro. Bishop Sycamore and that head coach, bro. Scammers of the year, no doubt. That's the craziest shit I've ever seen, my nigga. And the address for the school was somebody's house. I think it was the coach's house that the address was listed under. So I'm like, bro, how did nobody catch any of this? And the funniest thing is this this isn't Bishop Sycamore's first year using older players for this high school team. I, I feel like they were branded as a postgraduate school when they first started the program. But this shit just got haywire from now, from moving forward. Now they got 30-year-olds on the team. Like, this shit is wild. And they don't look that big. Like, I'm watching the game, and they look just like IMG. It really wasn't a difference. Honestly, IMG look like the 30-year-olds, and them niggas look like the high schoolers. That's why it's like you really didn't tell that they were the grown men. Because... These were AutoZone workers, like I was saying. <laughs> These are your average, in the hood, everyday, out of shape, old high school football players or old people, older people who just thought they would play in high school and never did and trying to chase that dream. That's now. what happened. They, they dropped out of Juco. They dropped out of Juco. <laughs> that's what it was. They were sharing helmets, bro. They I'm like, no, why, why are we not questioning this? Everybody's sharing helmets. <laughs> There's no real last names with any of these people. I'm like, bro, what is going on? I was so bro, because I remember when I watched the game, they were talking about the quarterback. I think the quarterback was number 13. So when he got the ball, because number 13 was getting fucked up, like IMG was on his ass the whole night. <laughs> Felt like nobody was blocking for this man, right? So they kept saying, it was like, he has one offer on the school's website from Nevada. But then he has like two other offers from somebody else. I think he had one from UTEP and another school uh, on another website. I'm just like, how the fuck do you have two different <laughs> forms of infra sources of information when it comes to offer? I feel like everybody should be, you know, what I'm saying, on the same page. But I'm just like, these niggas, it's not, it's not real. This nigga was probably 30. The quarterback was probably 30 years old. And this nigga got no real offers for real. I'm just like, this shit, that shit got out of control, bro. I, I think that the worst part crazy. about all of this, the worst part about all of this is the fact that IMG killed them. Like, just yeah. destroyed them. If it was a close game or if Bishop Sycamore actually did win, it would have been like, a wow, like you guys really did that? You wouldn't beat up on a bunch of high schoolers? But you did all of this just to still get blown out by high schoolers? That's crazy. I don't care how, I don't care how many D1 prospects they are. I don't care how elite these players are. You all are grown men still at the end of the day. 
That's just crazy, bro. That's crazy, bro. Because I seen the pregame speech for before they went out to the field, and the coach was talking about you got to stick up IMG. You can't let them niggas off the hook. I'm just <laughs> like, bro, <laughs> this this pregame speech doesn't even feel right, my nigga. I knew some shit was going on, but man. That, that was a, that was some wild shit. But like I said, this is, isn't their first year. I think they started the program like four years ago, and they had this one person last year. He was like a 6'4", 250-pound quarterback. I think he went viral, too. He was a big-ass quarterback. He played D-line, and he played quarterback, and I think oh, he was like 21 was years old. Yes. Whoa, that He played for Bishop crazy. Sycamore last year. <laughs> he played for Bishop Sycamore last year. That's crazy. Yes, and he was 21 I years old. This. I he was 21 this year, years old going against high school. Whoa, that's yeah. So crazy. He went viral. <laughs> I forgot his name. Wow. Yeah. So this isn't their first time. <laughs> they definitely this is just got on ESPN. That's why it's getting so much notoriety. But it's like these niggas been having 20, 30 year olds on their team for a good little minute now. <laughs> Finesse it for real. Crazy. But my question is. What are they getting out of it? Because y'all not getting offers. Nothing. Like, niggas is going to figure this shit out. That was my biggest question. How Y'all not going to get offers if y'all beat IMG. Like, y'all 30 years old. Niggas is going to ask for birth certificates. Social Security. And something. It, I thought it would give me last chance you vibes. It's not even giving me that. It's like, what's the end goal? Like, there is no end goal. Y'all not going to college after this. Y'all not going to the league for being IMG. I, I y'all just y'all trying to get highlights. Y'all just getting personal highlights. So talk about <laughs> hey, the show for the hood. You got to show that bitch to the hood. Hey, bro, I played against <laughs> IMG last hood. night. You 36. Bro, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm, you 36. Talking about? <laughs> I'm 36. I'm <laughs> 36. That shit is crazy, crazy, bro. Vanessa of the year. And I honestly want to move on to this shit. Because this shit... I thought about my man from Howard uh, University, the man who finessed Howard for all that cheese. I don't forget how he was scamming Howard, but he scammed Howard for millions. And I, and I just thought to myself, who's really worse? Is it the finesser from Howard who stole millions from the school? Or is it the Bishop Sycamore and the coach playing 20 to 30 year olds? Like both are great finessers, but which one is worse? I, I have to say the Howard finesser is the worst one well when i say worst i mean like actually did the finessing the best so i say that because you actually stole millions of dollars from an institution <laughs> and i'm upset because it was a black institution so i'm real mad about that as opposed to bishop sycamore it's like yeah y'all finessed to be able to get nationally broadcasted and just make fool of yourselves and get that opportunity but you gained nothing from it so I, I can't really it, it was just a finesse to get on TV, I think, and get the eyes of everyone. But with the Howard Finesser, it's like you actually stole money. You got money from these people. And I don't even think this Howard Finesser even got in trouble. I think he's still like living life at this point. I don't think oh, he, yeah, went he definitely nothing. win. He yeah, definitely I don't even think he yeah. went to jail or nothing. Like he good at this point. So he stole millions. These other niggas just got embarrassed. I want to know what happened in the <laughs> aftermath because I know the coach was an ex-con. I want to say he got fired and he got um, a warrant uh, out for his arrest. Like, what is going to happen to this program? Like, is it still going to be around or is this? Oh, it? no, it, it's done. It's dead. <laughs> Completely dead. Completely How have they been getting dead. away from this for so long, bro? <laughs> That's what all I want to know. It was small steps. And then after they got enough small steps, it was like, okay. ESPN? We can pull this off. <laughs> I like it. We can pull this off. <laughs> hey, it's stupid enough. It just might work. <laughs> and it did. 
And it did. Oh, man. Shout out to them niggas, though. But let's move on to the, the biggest uh, news in the sports world, which was Cam Newton being released. Big deal. Uh, surprising move last night. But like I tweeted, I was disappointed, but I was not surprised by the move, honestly, because I felt like Cam wouldn't want to be a backup to somebody so young and Mac Jones. I'm hearing a lot of reasons, a lot of factors on why he could have been released. I'm hearing that it could have been the vaccine. You know, he had that COVID misunderstanding a week ago. I'm hearing that it could have been Cam asking for the release. So I don't know who to believe at this moment. But what was your first reaction to him being released? I was super surprised. I really was not expecting this. If you want to start Mac Jones, okay, that's understandable. Mac Jones, if you put both of their stats side to side, you can make an argument Mac Jones had a better preseason than Cam Newton. So if you want to start him, that's fine. That's who you guys drafted to be the future of your organization. But releasing Cam off the roster completely, I think that's what shook the TL on Twitter that day. It's just the fact that you guys cut him completely from the roster. Like Cam Newton said on I Am Athlete earlier this year, I want to say it was like February, there's not 32 guys better than me. There's not. And then if you if you want to add second strings to that point because he's not on the roster at all, you're basically saying 64 quarterbacks because 32 um, times two. So it's like, are we saying Brian Hoyer is a better second string option than Cam Newton? Are we saying Stidham is a better third string option than Cam Newton? I just don't understand it, bro. I, and I know you were telling me Cam wanted this, bro. I either wanted That's to be a starter what I'm or telling I didn't y'all, be on the bro. <laughs> but I, I refuse to believe that, bro. When you're in a situation like that, because Cam doesn't have that luxury, bro. Cam does not have that luxury right now to tell people I'm either going to start or just cut me. You don't have that luxury right now because there are too yes, many teams that either <laughs> no there there are too many teams that either have their future quarterback or they already have a MVP not MVP but a playoff caliber. But you know you're not going to play with Mac Jones though, bro. That was what that's what I was trying to get to everybody. He's a young quarterback, bro. That's the future for New England. Cam wasn't going to start for New England again. Could he have been a backup? Yeah, but it's like for what? When you have other situations where you can actually play this year, just like you said, 32 quarterbacks are not better than this man. When I know I'm going to be stuck behind somebody like Mac Jones, who's just getting started, I know there's not an opportunity there. And I know Cam, bro, I've been a, his biggest fan for one of us a long time. His pride is up here, bro. He's not going to, he's not willing to be a backup. I don't think he's ever going to be willing to be a backup behind somebody else. That's just not Cam. He will rather retire than be a backup, in my opinion. He will go out there and look for opportunity. Will he end up backing up somebody for a period of time while he learns the system? Yes, but he wants to get somewhere like a Washington, where if a Fitz, uh, Fitzpatrick messes up, he's a starter, or with the Texans, where he can potentially get some time there. I think that's what he's looking at right now, but he's seen what he had with the Patriots. It's like, there's no real opportunity because, like we said last week, when the young boy gets the job, bro, it's a wrap. It's no coming back for Cam. So everybody is saying the vaccine, this, that, and the third. And I just think about Cam the person. Cam got too much pride, bro. And I think we've seen it in that I Am Athlete episode. But I, but I think when you go to the the conversation of when they put the when they put the young guy in, you know, it's a wrap at that point. We've seen with Miami. They weren't afraid to pull two out. Brian Flores was not afraid to pull two. And we all know the talent that Tua Tagovailoa has. They pulled two out and put Fitzpatrick in almost every other game when Tua started showing some signs of trouble. So who's to say Bill Belichick wouldn't have had that attitude 
with Cam Newton. It's like, okay, we're gonna start Mac Jones, but mm-hmm. if he flips, if he if he slips for like two to three games, mm-hmm. maybe not even three, just two games in a row where it's like, okay, no, you clearly can't start right now. I feel like they would have put Cam in. That's why I feel like it has to be a deeper meaning because Bill Belichick yeah. came out in a press conference, I think yesterday or today, mm-hmm. and he said the vaccination wasn't the reason why they let him go. So what was the reason? That, that's what I'm saying. If that if the vaccination isn't the reason, if COVID isn't the reason, what else could it be? It would have to be Cam asked him. I think that shit is right there. If you read between the lines, I think it's right there, bro. I think Cam sees an opportunity and it's not in New England. And I, I like your point bringing up the Fitzpatrick and the Tua point. But I think Fitzpatrick was just better suited for the Dolphins than Tua was for uh the Dolphins last season. I don't think Cam was the right fit for this team. And throughout the preseason, it was hard for me to admit it, but Mac Jones just clearly looked better. Even when they played against similar competition, the way Mac just looked like a younger Tom Brady, looked like more of a system quarterback that you would want for the Patriots. It's like, he's the guy, bro. I don't see him really struggling like that either because with that type of team that they have in New England, I think he's going to get wins. Like, he's going to play well. I think he's going to do well in that system. So I am i don't want to knock Mac Jones at all, even though it was hard to see Cam let go. I think he will end up going to a situation where he will end up playing by the end of the season. And I think Cam Pride just said, I got to get out of here. This ain't it. I just feel like if Cam did choose to have that ultimatum placed on Bill Belichick, they're like, look, you can make the decision on – either me starting or tell the front office, just let me go. If Cam told them that, I I don't know. It's just hard for me to believe that, bro. I would be very shocked if that news comes out because I am more than certain Brian Hoyer will touch the ball before the fourth game of the season. If, if he get hurt or something, if Mac Jones get hurt, then okay. But like I said, I think Mac Jones is going to play well. I think he's a good player in that system. So I don't know if we're going to see a backup situation coming in like we've seen with Fitzpatrick and Tua. I think Mac Jones is going to have a good rookie year. And I think it's just better opportunities, bro. You got Washington. Like I've been, I've been saying Washington for the past year. I think that's still there. Uh, you brought up uh, Atlanta uh, uh, a couple of years ago. Atlanta is still out there if he wants to play there. I just think there are more opportunities out there than getting behind a young guy, bro. Because uh, we'll get into – we'll get more in-depth with it with two wide Wednesday. But let me just go through the Patriots schedule real quick. Uh, they got the Dolphins at home, first game of the season. And then they got the Jets uh, away on the road. And then they got the Saints at home, Bucks at home. Texans away, Cowboys at home. So within like the first month worth of games, that's what one, two. That's only like three games that I for sure see them winning. The Dolphins, I don't know if they'll beat the Dolphins in that home opener because I feel like Tua in this sophomore season, he's gonna be way more developed. I'll give them the Jets, but, but he's a young quarterback, bro. Even if he doesn't, bro, let's just say he does not play well. He, they drafted him in the first round, fifteen pick, bro. What they? It's not much they can do with him. They just gotta let him rock. They gotta let him rock. So I don't think there was an opportunity for Cam to get back in the starting spot. I honestly wasn't. I didn't see it. Even if Mac Jones didn't play well, I didn't see them going back to Cam. Once the young boy gets it, bro, it's hard to go back. Um, Tua really didn't have it because they started. Fitzpatrick from the beginning of the year. So they really didn't see what they see in Mac Jones in New England. They didn't see that with Tua in Miami last year. 
So I think it's just a whole different situation that's going on right now. And Cam knew that. And I think Cam's, like Cam said, I'm better than a lot of these quarterbacks here. And I'm going to find an opportunity. He's better than Tyrod Taylor. Maybe he goes to the Texans. But like we talked about last week, the Patriots were was a good system where they had a good weapons they brought in, got good tight ends. They got the, one of the best offensive lines. When you go to one of these uh, trash teams that you're most likely going to go to with like the Texans, even though Washington is good, like if Texans is a possibility, I'm hearing that the Cowboys are looking into them. It's like you're not going to have the same type of opportunity, same type of weapons, even if you do get in there. So it's like how much can you really gain off it? Uh, I don't know. With Washington, Washington makes sense for all the reasons you pointed out. They definitely have sat the deck on defense with Chase Young leading that. You got Ron Rivera, a strong defensive-minded coach. So we know the opposite side of the ball is going to give them several opportunities, and they've got some weapons on offense now as well. So Washington makes sense. But if you were to go to Houston, it's like you you going there to end your career on a terrible note as far as I'm concerned, if Cam goes there, because I really want Deshaun Watson to either not play or get traded immediately. <laughs> I don't even want him to take a snap for Houston. Man, and Houston don't even know what they want to do that, man. Yeah. I feel the same way about Cam. I don't even want Cam to t- take a snap in Houston. So Washington, Indianapolis with Carson Wentz, uh, Dallas with uh, that Prescott injury um, you know, on the line and stuff like that. There's, there are places for Cam to go. I was just shocked at the way he had to leave New England. Yeah, but I, I, I honestly could tell by the end of the last preseason game when they played against the Giants. I think Cam ended up throwing a pick, even though it was a good throw, it ended up getting picked off. And Mac Jones came in. He looked good against the first-team Giants defense. After the game, Bill Belichick ended up saying, I'm not sure who is going to be the starting quarterback, which he really changed his tune because in the beginning of the preseason, he was saying Cam is our starting quarterback. So the writing was high key on the wall when he changed his tune after the after the preseason game. It's like, damn, he he leaned toward Mac at that point, and Cam seen it too. Because you had during the game, like you could kind of see like Cam moping, like, damn, like I really ain't get to show my stuff for real. Like they putting in the young boy, giving him a few more drives than me in that last preseason game. It was like you could kind of see what was going on. So it's tough to see, but hopefully my man bounced back on his feet. But let's move on to college football. College football is finally back. Now, this is the real week one. We had games last Definitely. week. But those games was weak as hell. I don't even know who played for real. But we got the <laughs> big matchups this week. We got Clemson versus Georgia. I think that's the, the fifth-ranked uh, Georgia versus the three third-ranked uh, Clemson. We got Miami versus Alabama, 14 versus 1. FSU versus Notre Dame. I'm hearing that FSU could have a resurgence this year. Um, I'm hearing about Heisman favorites, college football predictions, players to watch this year. So we're going to dive into all of that, man. But first, is Alabama still the team to beat in the NCAA? So we know that they lost Mac Jones, retooled team right now, but we always see that with Alabama. Are you confident that they will be the team to beat and that they will get back to the college football playoff this season? As long as Nick Saban is there. Alabama will always be the team to beat. Even if they go back and forth with Clemson or Ohio State or whoever and they lose every other year, Alabama is the team that you look at like, okay, 
that's the one team that we know for sure we're probably going to meet at the end of the tunnel, at the end of the season, you know. So until Nick Saban is retired, Alabama will always be the team to beat, even with, uh, you know, the rise that Clemson has had over the past few years. I don't think Alabama is the team to beat. I honestly think it is Clemson. But this first game is going to tell me a lot because I think this game is going to be close contested between Georgia and Clemson. And like I said a few weeks ago with Georgia, this is their best chance to win a championship. Even though they're coming into the season pretty unhealthy, I think George Pickens, who is their number one wide receiver, is injured at this moment. I think one of their tight ends is hurt. So it's like they're not coming in the season as healthy as you wish they would. But this is still their best chance with so much uncertainty going on in college football. So this first game is going to show me a lot about Clemson and Georgia. But I think Clemson is still the team to beat because I believe in DJ. uh, What's his name? Ui Ungagalea, something like that. DJU is what I'm going to just continue to call him. <laughs> I, I believe in him way more. We've seen him in games last season, and I think he's ready to take over that Trevor Lawrence role for the Clemson team, and I think they are, are the team to beat at this moment. Alabama got a, um, a red shirt or a sophomore quarterback in Bryce Young. I don't know how he's going to perform. Yes, we know that he's highly ranked. Yes, we know that they have the weapons, but I've already seen it with DJU. I already know what I'm going to get with him. Well, Bryce Young, it still remains to be seen. So right now I have Clemson as the team to beat, but this first week will tell us a lot. But who would you have in that game? I will have Clemson just because, like you said, uh, DJ Uegalele. That's how you say his name, Uegalele. So um, with him leading the charge, I, I just feel like Sweeney and them boys, they'll they'll get it done. If who do you think needs this game more? I put this for the two-wild Wednesday question. Who do you think needs this game more when it comes to college football playoff? Because they said this is one of the biggest games. It's going to have one of the some of the biggest impact on the college football playoff, uh, being that it's uh, two highly ranked teams. Who do you think needs to win more? Georgia, because everything you said, this is the perfect opportunity for Georgia to not only make the playoffs, but also possibly get to and win the national championship. Clemson, they don't have that same type of pressure. Yes, of course, we know what to expect, and we we have high expectations for Clemson, but a one-loss Clemson, I trust more so than a one-loss Georgia team. But the thing about, and this is the thing with the ACC, bro. Who are you playing for real in the ACC? Because you know Georgia going to go through the gauntlet in the uh, in the SEC. So even if they lose this game, they're still going to have quality wins throughout the season. And I feel like you should be graded more on how you progress throughout the season instead of one game uh, at the beginning of the year. I think Clemson honestly needs this game more to show that they are still the team to beat and that they are still the highest ranked team. Because Georgia is going to have quality games. Uh, Clemson is not, bro. They're not going to have quality games. Like, you need to show us immediately that y'all still that team. Well, I know South South Carolina isn't really a team to look at, per se. But the fact that they have another SEC team at all the way at the end of the season in South Carolina, their defense is usually pretty stout. So, they have two SEC teams on their schedule Florida State, everybody been saying Florida State might make some noise this year. I don't know. I highly doubt it. But if that Florida, if by the time Florida State gets here on Halloween, well, the night before Halloween, if that game comes and Florida State is on the run, that could be a challenging game. So there are a few other games that you could look at for Clemson and say they might, might have a competition ahead of them. 
I don't see it, bro. And that's why I think this game is so important because if they don't, because th- this is how I look at it, if they do not win this game and they go into the season and they go through the, uh, the ACC, but it's like, damn, nigga, you ain't played nobody. Yeah, you beat South Carolina, you beat Florida State, but you ain't really played nobody. But the game, this is the real quality game on your schedule that you need to win to show the college football playoff committee that you're still one of the best teams. If you lose this game and you start to really struggle throughout the season, it's like, mm, Clemson ain't really that team. But you got to make a statement in this first game, bro. Got to make a statement, bro. Got to make a statement. So it's going to be a great matchup. JT Daniels, I know he's going to come back and uh try to show his stuff for real for Georgia. I feel like Clemson, if they if they take this loss, I feel like everybody's going to look at it like, damn, like Georgia got them on that one. But if they play again, it's not happening. Like, they're not going to beat. Do you honestly believe if Georgia wins that they could beat them a second time come playoff time? I don't see that happening. But if Clemson wins against Georgia, I can see Clemson beating Georgia two times. And I feel like more pressure is on Georgia at that point because of what you said. Georgia has to prove that they can beat a team like Clemson because once you go through the rest of this SEC schedule where you have to play Florida, you have to play um all these uh other SEC teams in your um in the East Division and just in total throughout the SEC, I feel like you have to make a statement with this Clemson game. And they play Alabama too, don't they? Probably in the SEC championship if they get there, but they usually play Alabama every year. That's why I say I wouldn't be surprised if they were to play Clemson twice. They would, they could beat Clemson twice. They have the talent to beat Clemson twice. I, I, I don't like overlooking Georgia because they are always there, but they always like underachieve somehow. I guess because they're a Georgia team. I don't know, but I feel like George. This is Georgia's year, bro. I just would not be surprised. And I, I actually like Georgia, bro. I like Georgia in this game, even with the injury to Pickens, even with Eric Gilbert not being there. I feel like JT Daniels will put the squad on his back and show that Georgia is really for real this year. I like Georgia because over Clemson. They, Georgia really doesn't have a tough schedule either, now that I'm looking at it. Like, their schedule is pretty cake. They only have, like, two two games for real that I'm really looking at them possibly losing. Clemson at the beginning of the season, and then they play UAB. That's a dub. South Carolina, it'll be tough, but they got that. Vanderbilt, they got that. Arkansas, mm-hmm. Auburn, that's a tough one. That's and they're tough. at Auburn. They're at Auburn mm-hmm. for that one. And then they're, uh, well, Florida. They play, they play Florida. Florida. That's going to be a top 10 team. They in the SEC, bro. They're going to play some teams. But other than that, you got Georgia Tech, Charleston Southern, Tennessee, Missouri. Like, you're running through this. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like Georgia really only has one more harder game than Clemson does. But it's the SEC, though, bro. Even your lower tier competition is going to be better than whatever the hell the ACC is producing. So it's because even still Tennessee, I think they start in uh, Milton this year. Milton that mm-hmm. transferred from Michigan. He's going right. to Tennessee, so he's starting for them. He is somebody you got to look out for because he's somebody who could put the squad on the back and end up coming through for Tennessee. So the Tennessee could be a sneaky team. So even though we don't look at Tennessee, we don't look at Missouri like, oh, they're the world beaters of the SEC, they're still good teams that you will be beating, mm-hmm. still quality opponents. While in the ACC, you really don't have that for real. So that's why I'm just looking at Georgia. I like Georgia this year, man. I really do. But let's move forward with the Miami versus Alabama game. A lot of people are saying that Miami can really come in and defeat Alabama. Like I said, Alabama is retooled. Uh, De'Aaron King is coming back for Miami. How do you feel about this matchup and who wins? Honestly, pick I'm picking Alabama, but 
I wouldn't be surprised if Miami make it a great game. You know, their defense is getting a little bit more um, sharpened up. It's not reminding me of older Miami days at all, but it's definitely becoming more reputable. So I like Miami to only lose by maybe, what, 14 at the most? Like, two touchdown game, really? I got Alabama. What are we saying? Two? Two touchdowns? I honestly think they get blown out. I think too much hype is going toward Miami. I think they have a good season. I do think they have a good season, but like we just talked about with the ACC, cracked, I don't know how much I like the top it. Ten. They cracked the top 10 last season, bro. Remember, they ain't stayed alone, but they, they did crack the top 10, I think. I'm not, bro. I don't bro. Know, like no, I said, I'm Miami's going to do good against the ACC comp, but you can't come against Miami, uh, Alabama and like, no, nah, I'm not getting tricked, bro. I'm not getting oh, tricked I'm, into I'm, that shit, bro. I'm a gator. Trust tricked. me, I don't. I don't like saying this, but <laughs> Miami cracked the top ten last season, bro. So I, I gotta recognize them a little bit at least for that. They did crack the top ten, so I'm not getting tricked, Miami. I see a lot of people liking them, but they're gonna do good in the ACC, bro. But going against Alabama, I don't see it, bro. I really don't see it. But this is the game I really want to talk about, man. FSU versus Notre Dame. FSU is a team I'm really excited to see even though I'm not a fan because they've been asked for so long. So it's like we expect some type of resurgence this year. This is Mike Norvell's second year with the team. We expect something to happen. I see they brought in the UCF transfer, uh, Mackenzie Milton. So he's most likely going to be starting against Notre Dame. And we know that Notre Dame is one of those teams that they end up always making the college football playoff, but they really not crazy like that. They are a beatable team. So what do you see in this game? Do you think FSU can pull off this upset to be put back on the map? Uh, so early in the season, no. That's why I said by the time they get to the Clemson game, if they build up momentum then, I, I don't see them upsetting Clemson, but I see them having a more respectable game at that point. But to start the season off against Notre Dame, I will honestly be surprised if they even almost pull an upset off. I think it happens. I think Florida State, they have the talent, bro. They have the talent. Like, even though they have been asked for all of this time, they still have bring it, been bringing in these top recruits. They bring it in, like, top classes still, and then you bring it in the quarterback. And I think that's the key because I heard that it's a QB battle between the dude that was playing last year, Travis, and between McKenzie Milton. But we've seen what McKenzie Milton did with UCF. When he had all of that talent over there, he put the team on his back, and that's when UCF was actually winning bowl games against SEC teams. I think you have to start him at quarterback, and that's so important. If you have a quarterback, you're in every game. I think McKenzie Milton in college, he is a quarterback who you can just give him the ball and be like, I'm fine. I, we're, I know we're going to be in the game, and I think McKenzie Milton makes big throws down the stretch to put them over Notre Dame, bro. I'm not scared of Notre Dame, and I think Florida State, talent for talent, is up there with them still. So I have the upset. Florida State over Notre Dame, bro. I'm liking it, bro. I'm liking I, it. I really feel like that's going to be the blowout, like how you said. <laughs> blowout, Miami. I really feel like Notre Dame is going to be like, yeah, that's an easy 28-point blowout. We see it, man. <laughs> If we see that, if we see that shit, bro, it's like damn. It's 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 like, like I said, Miami cracked the top ten. Florida State was just terrible. So to go from straight up terrible to damn near upsetting one of the um reoccurring playoff teams in the first week, oh, that's gonna be crazy. But I think they did That'd a good job of bringing in like grad transfers and stuff like that. I think that was important instead of just recruiting at no certain positions. Say that one more time. That'll be upset of the year if they pull that off. 
Oh, yeah. I think Notre Dame is ranked ninth right now in the AP poll. I, I'm telling you, bro, I'm liking it. I, I, I'm liking it just because of Milton, bro. I know what Milton is capable of. He has the arm. So if they go with him at quarterback, I definitely believe FSU pulls off the upset. And let's move on to Heisman favorites, bro, because we already talked about DJU. We got Bryce Young at Alabama. We got Spencer Rattler, who a lot of people say is going to win the Heisman at Oklahoma. We already know about the tradition of Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield. Even Jalen Hurts was a finalist for the Heisman. So we know the tradition of Heismans at Oklahoma. Who would you say is your favorite going into the season for the Heisman Trophy? I feel like it's DJU Galele's to lose because Clemson is going to be one of the top two to three teams this season. Uh, I don't see Bryce for Alabama. I don't see him doing it because, like you said, he is a sophomore this year, and we don't really have much to go off of. But DJ, it's his to lose. Just be undefeated. Just make it to the playoffs and just throw for at least 250, 300 yards a game, and you got it. But that's kind of weird, though. And I think that was kind of the reason why Trevor Lawrence never won a Heisman. Like, he just did good enough. Like, he was obviously exceptional in the games he played. But you have to be, like, exceptional. You have to stick out in the game that you play. So I don't know if DJU is that type of quarterback I look at. Like, damn, in that system, you're going to go crazy. And you're going to be the reason your team winning so much. I, I didn't see it for Trevor Lawrence, and I don't think we're going to get it with DJU. I, I do like Spencer Rattler, and I'm kind of leaning toward him because it's so written in stone for Oklahoma. You're not playing with any against anybody in the Big 12. You're going to run through that conference again. You're already a college football playoff contender, a championship contender. I think it's high-key written in stone. We're going to see some other quarterbacks come and rise. We got C.J. Stroud at uh, Ohio State. We got uh, who I just talked about, Bryce Young, who's going to be good. He's going to get the yards. But I really think it is Spencer Rattlers to lose. <laughs> you have everything going your way. You're playing in the Big 12. Like, then you ain't playing against nobody. You should be getting W's, bro. So I think it's him. We already know that he's going to get the stats and all of that shit. So I think it's him. But let's move forward with college football playoff predictions. With This is preseason predictions, so we don't know anything going into this season. We don't know what can happen starting this coming week. But if you had to predict right now, who would be the four teams that make it into the college football playoff? Alabama and Clemson. For sure. Uh, let me look at all the teams. I want to say Notre I'm about to Dame. say, how you got to look at the AP poll and see who going, who, who can sneak up there? I'm looking at, I'm looking at each division right now. Uh, but, but for sure, the top two are going to be Clemson and Alabama. I'll probably say Georgia. And mm, would I say Ohio State? I don't even know what Ohio State make the college football. Damn, playoff. Cincinnati ranked pretty high. Cincinnati ranked eighth. They got hockey sneak know. in there. Cincinnati can sneak in I, there. I don't know if Ohio State gonna make it this year, bro. Who I, I don't know who that who's gonna get that four spot. I got Clemson, Georgia, and Alabama. Those are my three. No Oklahoma. It, it would be between Oklahoma. And Notre Dame. I think Ohio State, they're they're kind of in a rebuild year this year. Well, not really a rebuild, but they don't have like you said, if you have a quarterback, you're for sure like going to succeed and possibly make the playoffs. I don't think Stroud is that level of quarterback. I haven't seen him play much. So th this is a this is one year where I feel like Ohio State just isn't gonna be in that conversation. But I would I say the fourth spot is between Oklahoma and Notre Dame. I would say 
Georgia gets in. I think they get in. I think this win against Clemson is going to be big for their resume. I think they get in. Oklahoma definitely gets in. Those are my two locks. Those are my two locks. You don't have Clemson locked? Hey, hey, whoa. hey, hey, whoa. hey, whoa. You bro, I'm telling you, if they locked? lose this game, bro, nobody on their schedule. That's crazy. Because there's going to be so many other good teams that you look at like, damn, like, you didn't beat they're anybody and you lost to Georgia. In. Like, what are we bro, looking at with Clemson? They're letting a one-loss Clemson in, bro. They've reached that level like Alabama to where you let it a one-loss Alabama in. Because who, so, who for real so let, let me say is this. Let beating me say Alabama this twice? Let me say this then. So I'm looking right now at the AP poll. So if Iowa, if Cincinnati, for example, ends up going undefeated, they're in the American Conference, goes undefeated. So obviously we know Clemson is the better program. But if they go undefeated, Cincinnati, can you say, damn, we got to put in Clemson over Cincinnati. I don't think you can say that, bro. I, I think know. you got to give it to Cincinnati. I think you got to give it to Cincinnati, bro. Because we know Georgia isn't beating Clemson twice. We know that's not happening. But we don't know if that's going to happen, if they're going to see them twice. So if I see a Cincinnati who's undefeated, I think you have to give them the nod. It's the marketing, bro. I'm telling you, they're going to put a one-loss Clemson in before an undefeated Cincinnati. They're going to – you could be absolutely right. Cincinnati could go undefeated, and they could look just as talented as Clemson, but they'll give Clemson that nod because they're going to say the exact same thing I said. They don't think it's going to happen twice with the same team. So, like I said, Georgia, Oklahoma, I think Alabama ends up getting in. I don't think Clemson gets in, bro. I really don't think Clemson gets in. So, I think it's going so to be a saying, surprise team, bro. I think it's going to be Cincinnati. I was say, you're saying this is going to be probably, what, the first year in, like, the last six, seven years that we really just don't know who's going to make the playoffs for real. I think we have I think we have locks. I think Oklahoma for sure gets in because they're in the Big 12. And I think Alabama going to get in. I think those three, and I think Georgia is my lock. I like Georgia. They have to win this year. So those are my three locks. Clemson, I'm kind of on the edge with Clemson. You got Ohio State. But I think they're going to end up giving it to Cincinnati. I'm telling you, Cincinnati ended up beating. Who did they beat in the – did they beat Texas A&M in a bowl game last year? Look up look up that. Look up the bowl game from Cincinnati last year. They ended up beating somebody in a bowl game last year. And I think everybody has their eyes on Cincinnati uh, Desmond Ritter, uh, Ritter is coming back this season, the quarterback. So I think Cincinnati ends up sneaking in there, bro. I think it's Cincinnati over Ohio State, over Texas A&M, and over Clemson. I think Cincinnati gets that four spot. They – whoa, what bowl game did they play in? Oh, tripping. Hold on, hold on. 21. They played against Georgia, January 1st, 2021. They beat yep, Georgia last is. year. So now everybody has their eyes because you beat in a high-ranked uh, uh, SEC team. It's like, oh, okay, you for real now. So everybody is looking oh, at Cincinnati. They didn't beat Georgia. Georgia won 24-21. Oh, but it was a close game. That's probably what it was. It was, it was a close game. Yeah, it was uh-huh. a Chick-fil-A bowl. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they, Georgia probably, yeah, Georgia won then. Okay, cool. But it was a game. And you see where Cincinnati is ranked at this moment. I think Cincinnati still gets in there at number four. So my three would, my four would be Cincinnati, Oklahoma. Georgia and Alabama. I do not think Clemson gets in. Mine are Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, and that fourth spot is going to be between Oklahoma and Notre Dame. 
I do not want Notre Dame to get in because we know what's going to happen with Notre Dame, bro. They're going to get smacked. They're going to get smacked, bro. <laughs> I'd rather see a new team get smacked like Cincinnati than see Notre Dame go through the ring. Ring see, all, all, what you said just then, all you're doing is building up the fuel for them to expand the <laughs> no, playoffs. but I still got them in, they're though. Gonna, That's the thing. I still got them in. They're going to take that clip, and they're going to be like, see, people wanted to be unpredictable, so we have to expand the playoffs. You just gave them every reason to do that right then. They're going to be like, see, we need eight teams. We need eight. No, we don't. Oh, we need six. six. I will continue to say six is the perfect number. I heard they're going to 12. That's stupid as hell. You can stick with four and then have the two extras be for the be for the sneaky hidden gem teams that you think could do something. Like in Cincinnati. Let's say you put Clemson in because you say you were going between Clemson and Cincinnati. Let's say Clemson makes it into the top four. Cincinnati could be one of those fit either that fifth or that sixth seed. And if they're the sixth seed and Clemson makes it at four, you could have them play each other. So mm-hmm. I feel like six is perfect. That's damn near like an NFL playoff system. Because the mm-hmm. NFL just did expand to seven teams. The NFL has been six. I feel like if you want to get these players ready for the next level, having it be six instead of just four. They ain't like thinking about the next more. level, though, bro. Yeah, yes, you are. If you're, no, if you're I'm talking about, I'm about the NCAA player, ain't thinking about the next level. Oh, they think oh, about yeah. getting their money. They think about getting I that like money. Six is the best. 12 teams six is, is giving best. that money. But 12, I feel like, are we are we really going to watch all of these playoff games if it's Most like, likely. Because let, let's say Miami goes, like you said, you feel like Alabama finna blow out Miami. Let's say Miami gets into that 12-bracket playoff. And you know for a fact if they play Alabama again and they got blew out and they got that one loss but they made the playoffs, you know what's finna happen if they play again. You really want to see that? Just because it's going to get the NCAA ball, buddy? I didn't say I, I wanted this. I'm just saying that's what's being talked about. Uh, bro, I listened to Heather Dinich. Heather Dinich said bro. 12 is what they're most likely going to. It's not 6. It's not 8. It is 12. They're thinking about doing that big of a jump. It's still gonna, it's we still got some years, but they said 12 is the number because of the money. Four to 12, bro. That's a huge jump, bro. Yeah. You're basically giving but that's giving why I said don't expand it. Would you rather see 12 or would you rather see four? I'd rather see six. I'd rather see Nigga, six. I gave you a choice, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather see six. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, let's move on. That's everything about college football. Man, you got any players to watch? Anybody you looking out for, man? What you got? Predictions for Florida. What you got? Uh, Jacob Copeland. I need everybody to watch out for Jacob Copeland. I feel like he's going to do great at receiver this year for Florida. I really don't have too many high expectations for us. I, I feel like last year, I said it last year when we lost to LSU, This that was our best year to make it to the playoffs. I didn't think we were probably going to win the whole thing, but to just get there, I feel like that was our best chance. So now I feel like we're just we're going through the motions at this point and just trying to have a respectable record by the end of the season. I hope Emory do good, bro, because there's so many niggas that don't want to see Emory do good. And he waited his turn. Like, Emory was a four-star coming out of high school, and he done had to wait three years just to be the starter for Florida. It's like, man, hopefully my nigga Emory do his thing. I, I was really surprised they got him starting. I thought they was going to try him. I really thought they was going to try him and bring in, like, another – quarterback you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so yeah man but we gonna see man and uh sam howell i think sam howell is gonna have a huge season he might be up there with the when i when it comes to highs because you're playing in the acc you're playing with unc you're gonna have some good games on your schedule but i think him and that system he's going to get the yards and he's going to be what i talked about with dju 
just exceptional. Where he's the reason why this team is winning games. I think he's going to be that type of Heisman candidate. So he's definitely going to be in that conversation. And last thing before we dive into two wild Wednesday is when the fuck is Philly going to trade Ben Simmons? Why are we playing this game with Ben Simmons, bro? Because I feel like Ben Simmons is started to get hated in Philly. And I don't think this entire situation is his fault. Yes, the playoffs happened. Yes, we know what happened on the court. But we know that Ben Simmons should have been traded months ago. So why are we dragging this shit out? I blame this more on Daryl Morey than I do on Ben Simmons. I have no idea why this is being drug out like it is. But shout out to Joel Embiid for posting on Twitter that, look, I need everybody to stop hating on him. I need everybody to stop putting negative energy towards him. If anything, put the blame on me because I'm the best player. He didn't say this, but you know he's coming with that energy in the tweet. He's basically saying, I'm the leader of this team. We know Joel Embiid is probably the best player on that team. And he's like, look, we all had our faults. We all are at to blame for why we haven't had the success we've had. So shout out to Joel Embiid for backing Ben Simmons on that. But we heard like what about a month ago that Ben Simmons wasn't going to come to training camp. He wasn't going to come to any of this. So the fact that he just came out recently with a statement on his own saying that I don't know why everybody's surprised. We, we already heard through the grapevine that it was going to happen. And shout out to Kendrick Perkins, because when Kendrick Perkins ended up saying that a lot of niggas was at his neck, like, Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Nigga. You don't know what you're talking about. Well, we see that he was right. He said that Ben Simmons is talking about not coming to training camp. And he was absolutely right. Yeah, so he said that about a month ago, him. too. He said, he said that shit a month ago. ago, bro. That shit is definitely crazy. So definitely shout out to him. But I think that is the reason. Uh, but I think Daryl Murray is the reason why he's starting to become really hated in Philly. But he definitely should end up getting out. What's his most likely destination, in your opinion? I, I still want him to go to the Warriors. I know the deal that Philly proposed to them um, was too much for uh, the Warriors at that point because his stock did drop because of what we've seen in the playoffs. But I feel like the Warriors is still a great fit for him, bro. I keep telling people, stop trying to make Ben Simmons a number one or number two option right now. You're going to be disappointed every time. Put him on a team where he could be at most the third option, third or fourth option right now for Ben Simmons. So he could just be an elite defender and just give you like 18 to 21, 22 points a game. And he's not the main scorer. If you put him in a situation like that, I promise he will flourish and we will respect Ben Simmons so much more. Well, not us because we, we want to see him grow, but the NBA as a whole will value his trade value a lot more. If he goes to a place like the Warriors, if you put him somewhere where he got to be the guy, it's not going to end well. And why hasn't Philly already traded this man to Portland anyway for CJ? That trade should have already been happened already. That's a good trade for both sides because it's already getting stale in Portland. And y'all need somebody like CJ anyway if you're uh, the 76ers. Why hasn't that trade happened? I feel like they're trying to wait out for Dame, but it's like y'all ain't getting Dame. Like Dame isn't going to want to get traded early in the season. Well, Like y'all want to get this trade happening right now. So I think CJ is available at this point. That trade should have already happened. I would like him to go to the Kings, but I heard that the Kings are high-key already out of the race for him. I liked him with the De- uh, De'Aaron Fox and Halliburton, but I heard that the, the deal already fell through. I'm hearing that the Timberwolves and the Raptors are high-key like the leaders at this point. I think Minnesota has already offered Philly, D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and uh, somebody else they dra- uh, offered him, and also a first-round pick. So do you think uh, one of those two teams – is the uh, good fit for Ben Simmons? And where do you see a seamless transition? 
the Tim, <clears throat> excuse me, the Timberwolves sounds like a a great substitution. Um, not so a great trade for him because you'll have what Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. So that'll be a great um big three for them. And the Raptors, the Raptors make sense. I like that. Yeah, I, I really like the the one with the 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 um the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves are the best one to me because you get with Carl Anthony Towns, who's a stretch big, so he won't be clogging the paint like Joel Embiid. And you get with Anthony Edwards, so that's solid. And they told who the Timberwolves. I feel like they just picked up somebody too. But either just those three is fine to me. With with Anthony Edwards, Ben Simmons, like that's a core you can ride out with moving forward. Like you got Patrick Beverly, just surround those players with vets. And I think you could actually have a good team with the Timberwolves. They have been trash ever since Jimmy left, but I think the it can all get turned around if you build uh, get some vets around that team. And I think that's all they're missing. So I would like to see him with the Timberwolves, but who knows at this point, bro? Philly taking so long to get this shit done, and I don't understand. <laughs> this shit is ridiculous, bro. Like, damn, because he's starting to become hated in Philly, and this shit don't make sense. It's, it doesn't make sense. But let's move forward with uh, Two Wild Wednesday, bro. What you got? All right, first one. Mac Jones will lead the Patriots to the playoffs. Too wild or not too wild? I think it's too many good teams. I think he has a good record, 10-7, and seven, something like that. But I think they just missed the playoffs. Too wild. I say not too wild just because I know, too, like I said with the Dolphins, too, it has gotten a lot better. But if the Patriots are really pushing all their chips in on Mac Jones and they got the weapons that they need for him and he has a decent offensive line, I feel like the Patriots can make a push for that second um, place division spot that they're going to be fighting for because the Bills are winning that division. So Patriots have a chance to fight for that second spot. So that could lead to a future playoff spot. So I, I, I say not too wild. And 77%. Also, this is my first time going into a season, bro. And I don't have a team. Like, <laughs> that nigga really is a <laughs> I'm a fan free agent at this point. Like, I've been rocking with Cam, whatever. I've been a Carolina fan since I was damn young as hell. I don't know where the hell to root for, my nigga. I'm just an NFL fan. I'm so lost and confused right now. I need Cam to sign right now. This shit is crazy. Yeah. Hopefully he goes somewhere. That get a jersey. <laughs> <laughs> this shit is a weird feeling, bro. I don't like it. Uh, back to college football for this one. Which team needs to win more on Saturday, Clemson or Georgia? Clemson. I already talked about it. I think they need to win. They don't have a lot of quality competition on their schedule. Uh, I say Georgia. Georgia is winning 54%. This is the one time That's where Georgia... Close, man. Yeah, Georgia, damn, in my eyes, damn near has a clear path to making the college football playoff. So they need this win more than anybody. Clemson, they could have one loss and still easily make it to me. Cincinnati on the ass. <laughs> uh, next one. More corporate jobs will be like Nike and give their employees mental health weeks off. Too wild or not too wild? Yeah, and shout out to Nike for that. I read that story this past weekend. They said they gave their corporate employees some time off to de-stress. I'm like, damn, at least somebody is thinking about the mental health instead of just pushing the workers like just the, the continuous grind and shit like that. So shout out to Nike, man. But but too wild. I don't think other jobs would do that, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I said too wild as well. And too wild is one at 71%. I I think when we, when we say more jobs, I think there'll be a few others who do it. But when you think more corporate jobs, you think like damn near everybody. 
I, I agree with you. I don't think most of these jobs will do that. It'll be like maybe two or three others that take that initiative. But Nike, excuse me, Nike is usually a leader when it comes to, you know, equal treatment and things like that. And I think everybody is so caught up in the rat race of trying to improve in their certain industries where they don't even think about their employees. So it was so crazy that Nike, who is one of the leading brands in the nation, is saying, nah, let's, let's take a break here. I think we good. We still going to be the leader when everybody come back. All right, then everybody will be refreshed and we can move forward. I wonder if other people will get that mentality because it should be in everybody's brain, bro. Everybody needs a break in that shit. And I think after the Olympics were over, they took a step back and said, you know, Sha'Carri Richardson, she's having her situation with mental health from her mother passing. You have Naomi Osaka and Serena Williams who have had all these mental um, health issues and things like that. All who are wearers of Nike and represent Nike and are partnered with Nike. So they're like, if this is affecting our top athletes to this extent, we need to think about the everyday workers that we're probably putting the same amount of stress on. So, like you said, shout out to Nike for that. They, they're they usually in the forefront when it comes to equality and things like that. And we've seen that even a few years ago where they came out with that Colin Kaepernick commercial. Uh, next one. Who is the favorite to win Heisman this year? Bryce Young at Alabama, DJ Ugalele at Clemson, Spencer, Spencer Ratter at Oklahoma or other? Spencer Rattler, man. I think I think he's the guy, man. Too easy of a schedule in that Big 12, dog. It's him. Uh, I say DJ Ugalele and uh, Spencer Rattler is winning 45%, and DJ is second at 36. All right. Bryce Young is actually last on that one. Other is at 10, and Bryce is at 9. Mm, Bryce going to surprise some people, bro. He's going to have a solid year. Uh, what team is the best fit for Cam Newton? Washington, Dallas, Indianapolis, or other? I like the Indianapolis one, but I don't know how much Indy is going to go for it. You know, because they got Carson Wentz at this moment. I don't know if they're going to go for a Cam. I think it's Washington for sure. I think it's Washington for sure. And I think that's the most likely place that he can play this year and have a good team. Because if he goes to the Texans, who where he can immediately be the starting quarterback, it's like, nigga, you ain't got no squad, my nigga. Are you getting attacked over there? But I think Washington is still the team to look out for who can still contend and win games and have weapons. I'll say Washington as well. Um, everybody knows, anybody that's been watching this knows how high I've been on Cam going to Atlanta. But if Cam really is looking to start, you're not going to just walk in and start over Matt Ryan because the situation I explained with him would be him going to Atlanta, you know, being the second string and then getting his opportunity that way to start. But if you're looking for an instant start now situation, Washington does make the most sense. And with Indianapolis, Carson Wentz, we know how injury prone he can be, but they also don't have T.Y. Hilton. I think he's going to miss like the first six weeks, if I'm not mistaken. So even if you go to Indianapolis, it's like, hey, Cam, you you better come with your A game. So mm -hmm. fellow Panther T.Y., shout out to my man. Mm -hmm. uh, Washington is winning that poll 53%. Dallas is second at 27, and Indianapolis is third. And uh, who wins NFL rookie, offensive rookie of the year? Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Justin Fields, Matt Jones, or other? I was surprised this one was such a blowout, my nigga. I'm still rocking out with Fields, even though Fields isn't starting out the season. 
for the Bears. I still think he's just going to be the one that comes in, produces right away, and gets wins for his team. Andy Dalton ain't going to be in there for long, three, four games, and he out of there. I agree. I think it's Justin Fields. I like the comment that somebody said, Najee Harris. And I heard somebody on ESPN today. I can't remember which show, but on ESPN, somebody else said Najee Harris is going to be like a sneaky That's candidate a good in one. that race. That's definitely yeah. a good one because he's going to get the yards because they ain't trying to really depend on Big Ben this year. So it's like, hey, Najee, you can get all this work, my nigga. You can run that nigga into the ground. For real. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I agree with you, though. I don't know. Trevor Lawrence is winning 56% and Justin Fields is second at 21. I don't know why Trevor Lawrence is winning by such a large percentage unless y'all see something that we don't see and Jacksonville finna win like seven or eight games or some shit. Because it's the thing because he's the number one pick, but the team, ah, the team is it's mm, terrible. Yeah. Like the team is terrible. So, yeah. so it's like, <laughs> it's just said, him. Like, so it's like, they really no, have to yeah. win like eight games for me to be like, oh shit, Trevor Lawrence might get offensive rookie of the year. Because that's the thing, because usually when you think of offensive rookie of the year, you think of a team, like your team don't have to be good, but you're going to put up the numbers. Like, I don't know if you're really going to put up the numbers because the squad, like Herbert last year had Kenan Allen, he had Mike Williams, he had like some weapons for the Chargers, Herbert did last year. When you look at, what's his name? He don't got no weapons. That's why like the Bears got weapons for real. And shout out to Justin Herbert, man. I told everybody before last season started, Justin Herbert was going to be the steal of the draft. He was going, he was going to be the best rookie quarterback that year. I told y'all I was so <laughs> I was so on Justin <laughs> Herbert. And now everybody is seeing what I've been saying. So I'm glad Justin Herbert proved me right. The Chargers gonna be a sneaky team to possibly make the playoffs. So everybody needs no, to No, don't do that shit, nigga. See, hey, I'm see, telling see. you. No, I'm you. I hate when you go overboard with shit. See, it I'm was cool you. giving him some flowers. He's going to have a good year. Playoffs? They're going to easily be the second team in their division. What you talking about? Second behind who? The Chiefs. You still got Denver with Teddy B. That's going to be solid. And you got the Raiders. Don't sleep on the Raiders. Now the Raiders was good last year. You tripping, boy. You tripping. You definitely tripping, my nigga. I got the Raiders second. <laughs> I definitely so got the just, Raiders second. We're bro. just naming teams at this one. The Raiders are going to be second. I always fuck the Raiders. The Raiders going to be second, my nigga. Josh Jacobs, my man. Okay. Remember that, please. <laughs> <laughs> the Chargers are always going to charge it. That nigga Phillip Rivers put a curse on that team. I don't care. All right. I'm <laughs> you. are going to be like, damn, Eggie did say they're probably going to make the playoffs. Uh, COVID, va- COVID vaccinations should be a factor in cutting a player in the NFL this year. Yes or no? This was a tough one. I said no. I said they, they should not be, but I understand because me and my pops were talking about it earlier today because obviously you had to think about the effects of, with the penalties of unvaccinated players, but this is how I looked at it. If it's a player that is clearly better than somebody else that you're keeping on the team, but he one is vaccinated, the player that is worse is vaccinated, and the player that is better is unvaccinated. You're cutting the better player because he's not vaccinated? That just mm-hmm. doesn't make sense to me, and I don't think that should factor in because you're making your team worse, high key. I understand the effects of it, but I, I think it's making your team worse if that's how you're looking at it. Oh, I agree. I totally agree because it, it all depends on who gets it and when you get it. If you get it at the beginning of the season and you're a uh, you're a mid-level player. It's like, yeah, you're, they're going to be pissed off and you're going to get fined, but I don't think you're going to get cut. And if you're like somebody – if you're somebody like Dak Prescott or something and you catch COVID and you're in you're in a battle to win your division and make the playoffs and it's damn near like December, are you cutting Dak Prescott? You're not doing that. 
So no, wait, this I, is that's more so for a lower tier because I think Urban Meyer had was asked a question and did it factor in, and he ended up saying yeah. But then he ended up retracting his statement and said, "No, nah, we it didn't factor in." So that nigga was basically lying. But I think it's more so for like lower tier. So obviously not Dak Prescott. Them niggas can do whatever the fuck they want to do. But like for the lower tier players, that like the practice squad, the niggas just making the team. That's when you have to look like, damn, nigga, if you ain't vaccinated, nigga, like, hey, you kind of off the team. It's, and that's still kind of unfair because it's like, damn, just because yeah. I ain't want to get the vaccine, I'm off the team when I'm clearly better than the nigga you keeping. I about to say when what you call it didn't get the vaccine either, but his name just a little bit bigger. You know what I'm saying? So I, I totally agree. But like I said, I, I fully understand why people are looking at it this way. Like I really, are, I'm not going to look at you wrong if you say yes, it does factor in. Because even if the the 53rd man gets COVID, it's going to affect the whole team. Yeah, everybody has to go through protocols, the tracing, everything that comes with it this year. So I understand it completely why you would factor it in. But I just, I just wouldn't go with it. I'm not rolling with it. And this was the closest poll out of all of them. 51% say yes and 49% say no. So that's the closest poll. Because that's uh, a battle between the vaxxed and the anti-vaxxed. <laughs> that's literally the battle. <laughs> Damn near. <laughs> uh, who wins Defensive Player of the Year? Aaron Donald, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, or other? Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett, hockey could have won it last year. I forgot who won it last year. They probably gave that shit to Donald last year. I don't know. But I think this is Miles Garrett's year. I think he's going to have like 20 plus sacks. He might break the record, but Miles Garrett for to have a crazy season because the defense got even better. Like the corners got better this year. So that means more time to set the quarterback. I think it's Miles Garrett's year. I say other. Devin White is going to win Defensive Player of the Year. I'm saying it right now. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, everybody is back. Super Bowl caliber team. We got expectations to try and, uh, you know, win back-to-backs. Devin White has been one of the sack leaders for the past two years now, I think. And I, I just – I love his enthusiasm. I love his intensity. I feel like Devin White is going to be in that conversation. But Miles Garrett is winning the poll 30%. Aaron Donald is 26 uh, TJ Watt is 24 and other is 20. So that's a very close poll. And the well. thing about and the thing about Devin White, though, and will probably take away from his defensive player of the year case is that the defense is stacked. That you got Jason Pierre Paul, that you got Levante David, who's like on the same level as David White, who's a pro bowler as well. So it's like he's not the sole reason why y'all winning. Like y'all got other good defensive players. You got Shaq Barrett, who was a sack leader a couple years ago. So it's like y'all niggas got a squad on defense where you just can't look at one player. It's like he's making the complete difference for the team. It's like y'all got a squad where I look at Miles Garrett like, damn, without that nigga, that defense ain't really the same like that. He's the reason for most of your sack totals. So I think everybody looks at the sack totals at the end of the day. And last one, Micah Parson will win Defensive Rookie of the Year. Too wild or not too wild? It's my man. Hell yeah, that nigga winning Defensive Player of the Year, man. I think you have to be a defensive end or a middle linebacker to win Defensive Player of the Year. And he's going to play both. (laughs) He's playing both. He's going to get the linebacker and he's going to play the end. He's going to get the sacks and the tackles. It's his to lose. I agree. I say not too wild. And not too wild is winning 71%. Because who else will even be in that? You got Patrick Sertain. I don't even know if he's starting. You got J.C. Horn. That's the only person I can actually see being up there, J.C., because he's going to be starting. He's going to have a time. But I don't know, bro. With corners, it's just hard because you, you're you literally going against top receivers mm-hmm. like instantly. 
Like, as opposed to being like, you know, a, a D end or like a linebacker, it's like you don't always have an assigned person. Your goal is to just stop whoever the hell has the ball. If you're a corner or even like a, a safety or something, like you have to get the most skilled person each time. Like, if you're mm-hmm. JC Horn, you're lining up in front of Mike Evans, you're lining up in front of Devontae <laughs> Like, Get your ass ate up. <laughs> yeah, you're getting the top receiver if you're yeah. a top corner gum coming into the league. So that's why I feel it's just so hard. I don't even know when we'll see a corner win a rookie of the year. Wasn't CJ Henderson in the conversation? I think CJ Henderson was in the conversation last year. He was. If he was, I I, CJ I was in the conversation last year. He had a lot of picks last year. Let me see. Mm-hmm. Because he was with Jacksonville, correct? He was with Jacksonville. Yeah, CJ mm-hmm. Henderson interceptions he had a lot of hype i don't know if he was in for a defensive rookie of the year cj anderson oh no oh he was getting loose he didn't really had that many picks he had a lot of pass. i'm about to say he he had he had a lot of hype and he was doing well but i don't know if he was in rookie of the year talk Mm. but yeah that's it yep all right let's move forward with entertainment and current events uh let's move on to donda man Yay don't want your verse, my nigga. That's what that's what I took away from it. <laughs> Yay don't want your verse, Chris Brown. Yay don't want your verse, Soldier Boy. That's really what I see. A whole lot of shit was going on the TL. Soldier Boy was upset. And what I seen is that Kanye didn't even want his album to be released this past weekend, but Universal just ended up dropping that shit without his knowledge. So that shit was crazy in it by itself. But I know Kanye isn't really mad about the situation because <laughs> he knows who was dropping on September 3rd. That nigga knows what was going on. So he wasn't really mad about them dropping it early. So how do you feel about Donda? Have you listened to it? Yeah, I listened to the whole thing. Uh, I have a few songs that I really do like off of the album. It's not it's, it's not top tier Kanye. I'll definitely say that. So anybody saying this is... I've seen a lot of people saying this. I heard is a nigga saying it was amazing. <laughs> like, this is a classic. It, it's definitely the production side of it is amazing. Like the musical um part of it and the, the instruments, the way he has like the melodies on a lot of these songs is fantastic. But there's not too much rapping. There's not too many lyrics on a lot of these songs. So how, how can you really say it's um, rap album of the year or just album of the year, period, when it's really just a vibe, really? But there are a few songs on here. I'm like, yeah, he put his soul into that. Would I say it's in that album of the year category? Not at all. I think J. Cole and Moneybag Yo still have the two best albums this year so far. But that's TBD until this Friday, until we hear what Drake got to say. But yeah, he, he did. What you're cool. saying I, I is, what you're saying is he needed Soldier Boy. Oh, no. No. <laughs> no. That's basically that what you're saying. He needed more rapping on there. He needed soldier. That, that would have. I'm already giving it a seven. That would have made it a five <laughs> if he did that. Oh. But CB definitely should have been on there. I don't know what that CB verse was, but come on, it's CB at the end of the day. That's I don't know I'm why saying. that verse was taken off. Yeah, I didn't listen to it because I seen 26 songs, an hour and 44 minutes. Said no, <laughs> I'm not listening to it. I'm gonna let that bitch rock out. <laughs> I'm gonna let it rock. Aaron, out. You gotta respect Yeezy, bro. You gotta. If it was cold, you would have sat there listening to the biggest Yeezy fan. Though. I've never been the biggest Yeezy fan. If it was cold, you would have listened to all 26. If it was Kendrick, <laughs> you would have been like. If it was Kendrick, you would have been like, let me get 30. Let me get 30. <laughs> no, but this, this, is, hey, this is the thing with Yado, bro. I have to kind of wait for it because I gotta wait for all of the opinions to die down and like drop out of my mind because I have so many like mixed. Uh, reviews on it so i was like 
I'm going to go into the, the album actually thinking like, oh, it was amazing. Then I'm going to end up like lowering my grade because niggas told me it was amazing or niggas told me it was trash. So I'm going to look at it like, damn, it wasn't that trash. So I got to go in, wait some weeks and then listen to it. And I can have like my own opinion on it. But it's too early. I didn't heard too many reviews. So it's like I'm going to be listening to too many other niggas. So I got to have a clear mind listening to that Yay Project. Her was a lot of church vibes, though. Oh, yeah, it, it was definitely it was like um, it was well, it wasn't like Jesus is king. It was similar to that. Mm-hmm. It, it it wasn't as churchy, if that makes sense. But I heard he had a little baby on there. He had a little baby Travis on there. Yeah, yeah, little baby. The weekend, uh, the baby, uh, Travis Scott. Uh, who else? Um, sounded like he had Dirk on the. Um, yeah, he 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 had a fair amount. He had Ariana Grande. He had a fair amount of people on there. <laughs> Speaking of the baby, bro, did you see that tweet that came out, bro? That said that um the black leaders ended up uncanceling the baby for the HIV comments. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I said, a, and I see I that think... nigga Carlos Miller like, who are these black leaders? <laughs> somebody said, somebody said they got to be talking about Ti when they say black leader. <laughs> <laughs> Just say T.I. Because that's clearly who y'all talking about. <laughs> I was crying when I see that. <laughs> who are these black leaders, my nigga? What are you talking about? Y'all like, gotta be 50 Cent. Gotta be 50 Cent. T.I., 50 Cent. Niggas like <laughs> Self-proclaimed black leader. <laughs> that is hilarious, bro. Um, man, let's move right into it with the certified lover boy who uh, Kanye was scared of. Uh, how do you feel about this album that's going to come up, bro? What what's the expectation, man? What's your expectation coming into it? Hey, he already said last year. He said Certified Lover Boy is gonna get treated like views. It's probably not gonna hit everybody like how we want as soon as it drops. But over time, people are gonna look back on it and be like, "Damn, like he was spitting some shit." So I feel like Drake is gonna be on that. I'm just I'm giving you my life type of vibe it's not gonna be a you know love song type of thing i feel like he gonna be pouring himself into it and people gonna be like this ain't the drake we want to hear and all that so I, i'm ready for them type of tweets already and what's up with that we had one pic he posted with all the pregnant women and emojis and all that that's the one thing i hate bro i hate when a popular person does something and everybody continues to follow it like it's that was some crazy shit that he did I, Drake posted that shit, and I see Shade Room post, and I see Bleach Room for it all over it. I'm just like, that's not fun. That's not cool. Like, what are you <laughs> yeah. doing? That's not cool. <laughs> I, I guess that was his way of saying, like, it's going to be a lot of pregnant people um, made off of this music? album. Yeah, baby making music. So yeah. I, I guess that was a vibe. But he did uh, release a lot of the features that he's going to have. He's going to have Young Thug. He's going to have Lil Baby, Lil Dirt, Future. Right, uh, Jay Z, Jay Z, possibly. Um, it's gonna be Rod a lot Wave, of Rod Wave could possibly. I heard Rod Wave might be on that too because everybody said he turned down his Lemon Pepper freestyle verse because he didn't feel it was good enough. So maybe him and Drake worked on something else too. We definitely need Rod on this. Definitely need Rod. I'm definitely excited for this shit. This. Oh, and Todd Dollar Sign. I think they said Ty, Ty Dolla Sign and Jivian are also oh, gonna yeah. be on there. Ty Ty definitely got to be on here, bro. I told y'all about Ty already. I heard he was on uh, Donda too, and his verse was fire. I'm he was like, on Donda. Yeah, yeah, like that's what I said. When when that nigga hops on a song, bro, it's not a Drake effect like it's his song, but damn, it's a T Pain effect. Yeah, it's a a major effect, my nigga. He's definitely the feature king. 
he definitely took that over for T-Pain. It was T-Pain at one point, but Ty Dolla Song took that shit up and ran with it, my nigga. That nigga is amazing, bro. Shout out to my mans. And let's move forward with uh, the Eat Booty Gang, I guess, and Trick Daddy getting his ass. <laughs> when you say women to support the Eat Booty Gang, you're yeah. saying women is eating the booty? Yeah, women oh, eat the booty gang. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I don't know whether to make noise for that or not. Yeah, I get eight out. <laughs> no, wait, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I get eight out. Listen, man. Check this out. You don't have your legs in the air, though. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to think about it. That's crazy as fuck, bro. I can't judge nobody, bro. Because that this is the thing with it. Because I had this conversation before, and people said if you get your ass ate, you gay, period. What's your feeling on it? I'm not getting mine ate. That's but I'm happens. saying, if you get your ass, if another man gets his ass ate by a woman, is he gay? Not gay, but I'm looking at you like you and like I don't know. I'm not calling. Hey, you kind of sound like you want to say gay. I, I it, it, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like I kind of want to say it, but it's like if you're not gay, you're clearly not gay. But it's like that's kind of like some. It's suspect. I, I, yeah. it's suspect. Definitely. You know, suspect. I was talking to somebody about D Wade because uh, Gabrielle Union said that she eats out D Wade, and it was the same conversation was brought up of like, damn, is this nigga D Wade gay? Like, every, everybody killed D Wade. Everybody said D Wade was gay. I ain't seen nobody say Trick Daddy gay yet. Everybody just <laughs> shot. Everybody just shot. Nobody said he gay yet. So it's like y'all picking two, so y'all call gay with that. <laughs> All right, let's move on with the uh, Jake Paul stays undefeated. If he's he's now four and zero as a professional boxer now after beating Tyron Woodley on August 29th. Everybody thought Tyron Woodley was gonna put the pause on this man, and he damn near did. He do he damn near not do that. But when he had him on the ropes, he didn't go back and finish the job. Like because Tyron Woodley could have beat him in that moment. He had him on the ropes, but uh, that's what everybody was like. This got to be fixed because he was supposed to win right there. But uh, Paul won by a split decision, so. He remains undefeated, 4-0. And somebody had made a great point about Jake Paul and his brother the other day because they talked about the sport of boxing and how it's so stuck in the past. And I think this was uh, Max Van Aken, so definitely shout out to bro. But he talked about it being so stuck in the past and we haven't really seen a progression or evolution from boxing. And that's why a lot of people or a lot of viewers aren't really drawn toward the sport anymore. It's mostly a lot of old heads that are into boxing. But they say people like the Jake Pauls and the Logan Pauls and the Conor McGregor's being a part of boxing are really pushing it forward because now more eyes are drawn to it. The marketing aspect that Jake Paul and Tyron Whitley were doing this past week, what Logan Paul does to build up his brand, we're seeing that more eyes are getting drawn toward boxing when we really didn't see that in the past. Even though we've had great boxes, we have Floyd, we have Pacquiao, we had all those great boxes. It was still a lot of old heads and we weren't drawn toward it. But people are going to war boxing now, and we're seeing a shift in the culture. So we have to high-key shout out the Logan Pauls, the Conor McGregors, the, the Jake Pauls for pushing the culture forward. Because they, they are changing the game with the YouTuber fighting like real fighters type of thing. And I put on my IG story, I said, unpopular opinion. You know, I fought with Jake Paul. I'm a Jake Paul fan. Like, I think he's funny. I think he's actually pretty cool. Like, I, I like his, um, not all his YouTube videos because I don't watch everything. But the few that I've seen are cool. I've seen his interview on I Am Athlete last year or earlier this year, whenever it was. I thought that was cool. I think a lot of 
when it comes to black people, I think a lot of black people just don't like Jake Paul and Logan Paul. This is because they're culture vultures, and I won't necessarily say they're wrong because they they kind of are. You know, the jewelry. Conor McGregor too. Conor McGregor don't get called out for that a lot, but mm-hmm. the the love of hip hop culture and the way they wear their chains, how how we always do and get you know uh, stereotyped for that and stuff. But it's cool when Jake Paul and Logan Paul and all those people do it. And Tyron Woodley made a great point when they had a face to face conversation before the match, and he told him. I'm fighting for the culture. Like you doing this shit off of, you know, everything that make that we make popular. You don't wear everybody in your neighborhood. Don't wear chains. Everybody don't listen to hip hop music. Everybody ain't tatted up the way you tatted up in your neighborhood. Where I come from, like that's our culture. That's what we raised off of. So, and, and Jay Paul, he couldn't, he literally didn't say anything. Cause he was like, Oh shit, I wasn't prepared for that. So I, I understand the culture vulture thing, but, like you said, as far as bringing more eyes to boxing and just being revolutionary to elevate it and get more people to watch, I, I totally, I, I like what Jake Paul and Logan Paul are doing. Them niggas changing the game. Definitely shout out to them boys, man. And I think that's it, man. Let's move on to Pass the Ox, man. What you got for this week? I got Come to Life by Kanye off of Donda. And I got Family Ties by Baby Keem and Kendrick, bro. That, that song is fire, my nigga. That video is fire, and that song is fire. So definitely yeah, shout out to the boys. Hard. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. And let's move on with movie and show reviews, man. What we got coming out this week, bro? Uh, coming we out just dropped Raising, we just dropped Raising Kane in episode six. Uh, we're going to have Don't Breathe 2 coming out this week, by the end of this week. And we're going to have Candyman coming out around the end of this week. Shang-Chi comes out September 3rd, this Friday. So we're going to watch that, hopefully have that for y'all by the beginning of next week. Uh, we got Cruella up. We got A Quiet Place 2. We got, uh, what's called it, Black Widow. We've done everything this summer. So make sure y'all go check it out. Space Jam, all of that. And uh, yeah, that's it, bro. You can definitely hit it with the social media. You can follow us on Twitter at QE Podcast One. You can follow us on Instagram at Q A N D E Podcast. You can follow and like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube at Q and Sign E Podcast. And our Gmail is QANDEPodcast at gmail.com. And you can subscribe to all of our podcast platforms on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube, Q and Sign E Podcast, and subscribe to my YouTube. Just type in Quincy Hicks into the search bar and definitely subscribe. We appreciate you guys for listening, and we out. Peace.